Welcome to your Ashes Betting Hub. This is Cricket Only Better episode 199. I'm Ed Hawkins. Australia are 1-0 up. Pretty banal stuff at Edgebaston, Sam Collins. Bring back the IPL. Who sent test cricket was dead, Hawkins. Uh, we warned you last week it might be epic, and it was. And uh, because we knew that or suspected it, we've brought out our big guns. Um, what a day to make your Cricket Only Better debut, Ian Bell. Welcome to the show. This must be one of the highlights of your career. Absolutely. It's certainly right up there, Sam. There's no doubt. And, and what a test match to, to, to get going and start talking about. But uh, yeah, it's up there in uh, some of the achievements that I've managed to make through my career. Yeah, well, that's good to hear, Ian. It's wonderful to have you on. Um, you won the Ashes four times, scored four hundreds uh, quickly. Before I bring in in Paul and Richard Mann um, as a baptism of fire, which is how we roll on this show. Um, do England come back and win this series? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, good. I think they do. Absolutely. Great game's a good game. I like that. Uh, we take no prisoners on the cob, do we, Paul Krishnamurti? <laughs> Betting dot bet fair. Hello, Paul. Hello, Sam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Frazzled by that, but um, just about hanging in there. And uh, Richard Mann of SportingLife.com completes our lineup. Uh, I think you, Paul and Hawkins, are the only happy Englishman in the country tonight, Richard. Yeah, no, no, it's brilliant test match, wasn't it? I, I think as a new to a lot, or even not, if you didn't enjoy that, you, you're probably following the wrong spot. Fantastic finish. Okay, Hawkins, please tell us what we have on tonight's show. Uh, yeah, well, all three of us, I think, were in Australia to win the game. Uh, that's why we're happy. Uh, Ian Bell here to provide insight, technical know-how, the things that uh, even Paul Krishnamurti and Richard Mann can't bring you. Amazing. There are things they don't know. What the hell happens next in this blockbuster? We look at the series markets and prep for game two, which is coming next week. OK, perfect. I'm going to go straight back to... To Ian Bell now, who knows a thing or two about epics, uh, Edgebaston. Um, I suspect, Ian, you may say that you don't think England will be worried by that. But I think they'll be disappointed. There's no doubt. I thought, um, you know, having sort of sat in the, you know, in in the stands and watched the majority of that game, you know, there was so much to take out of it from a positive. You know, I thought England, certainly if you wind back the clock for 12 months, I thought it'd been brilliant to watch from where we've been as a team. You know, we were quite a negative team. I think there was one win in 18 or, or so. And to see where we've come, you know, to watch that first ball and Crawley taking them on, I thought that was just a great momentum uh, that we took into it. And to watch Australia in particular, the field they had to set. I've never seen an Australia team be so negative. You know, and they might say it's worked. You know, so they've won the Test match. But I thought in general to see an Australian, Australian team act like that was 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 incredible. You know, the declaration is probably the um, the biggest talking point, I suppose, on the day. But I actually really enjoyed watching the way England went about this test match and, and do have a lot of faith that they'll come back. And if anything, I think Australia have got a bit of thinking to do in terms of how they're going to improve, because I think if England get another crack and are a bit more ruthless in certain areas, I think they can certainly beat them uh, a number of times. OK, I want to come back to you on that psychology in a bit. The Australian alphas almost reduced to beaters. Um, but first, we're going to go to the Betfair Exchange series prices. Uh, Australia, obviously, the favourites, 1.57 on the Betfair Exchange. England, a 4.1 and the draw, 7.8. Can you sum things up for us, please? Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree with Ian. I think England are going to hit back. Um, but a good lesson in patriotism. I think I sent my six-year-old and eight-year-old to bed in tears tonight. They didn't understand why Daddy was cheering on Australia at the end. Um, but patriotism is the last refuge of the scoundrel on the cricket, only better. Uh, show, but I think England the value now. And, and two days in, I thought 
England had got to Australia, um, and I didn't think Australia were coming back in in the series, let alone you know the Test. So um, England's a hit back. I think this is this is far from over. Richard Mann, what are your thoughts? Well, at the risk of, of saying that we told you so, we did tell you so. These are two really evenly matched sides. Uh, the same boxing, don't they, that styles make fights and we've got two contrasting approaches here. But when you put it all together, there's not a lot between the two sides. We've seen that over the last five days. And they're two good sides to watch as well. I think I think we are in for an epic, as Ed, as Ed Hawkins said last on last week's show. I think there's a potential for someone to run away with a test match. Because I think, as we saw on Sunday, when the, when the conditions changed, England in particular quite vulnerable to high-class scene bowling when the ball darts about. But I think when conditions are good, I think they're two really evenly matched sides and hopefully we'll get some more close test matches. And come the Oval, I still think this series will definitely be alive. OK. Uh, no one keeps Paul Krishnamurti in the corner. Uh, Paul, please give us some insight into the crazy trading that finish um, must have must have had. And... Uh, what can we learn from that match? Well, it wasn't um, it wasn't just the finish, it was the whole match. I mean, if you wanted to create a match to advertise cricket, test cricket or cricket betting, that was it. It was perfect. Um, you just basically bet on the swings. You bet against the um, against the form at that moment, you know. Lay a team will, if, basically throughout that match, both teams traded odds on before the final innings in that final innings australia went to four to one on when they were around 50 for naught and then england went even shorter than that when uh after the carry wicket so it's a classic example of what you see time and time again in test cricket particularly in england particularly um in english test matches and it's that you're the games are bound to swing. The, the games are fundamentally bound to swing. The draw is instinct is overpriced from the start. So if, for example, you had followed the system that I've laid out before, which is rather than laying a draw, just try and back the result on either t- for either team at double the odds. Or if you said back them when it, when the other team is on a 50 partnership, you would have got in- Australia at like four to one on day one near enough four to one and you'd have got England at four to one on day four. It's it's the perfect way to bet. Okay. Thanks very much, Paul. Um Ian, coming back to you on that psychology point from earlier, um, let's forget about two thousand and five. But in general, um, does a player find it weighs heavily going behind in an Ashes series? And I suppose with your coach's hat on, has Basball do you think maybe removed fear of failure in that sense for this England team? Make sense of that yeah. I think you're 100% right in terms of basketball, but leadership and coaching, um, you know, Stokes and McCullum have definitely taken a a fear of failure as such. Um, Probably in a way, Stokes, he's probably gone to the extreme with his batting, probably a little bit too far. Kind of follow me. We're going to be ultra aggressive where there probably is a balance to be had. But I think if there's one coach and captain that you want when you've gone one nil down, you've probably got two of the best right now. You know, they they won't overly analyse this, I don't think. I think they'll sit there and say, we've been part of a really special test match. They've talked constantly about the brand, what they're trying to do for the future of test cricket. So I think they'll lean on that. Um, and they've got a pretty positive group, haven't they, in general? So I don't see it all of a sudden dr- jumping off a cliff. They'll double down on the way they play. I think we listened to Brendan, I think when they lost the game last summer or last winter, um, they talked about, did you go hard? No, or, no, sorry, did you go too hard? And he said, no, they didn't go hard enough. So I think there's going to be very similarities to that. That's why I think England will come back at the Lords. 
And Australia have got to get their tactics right. As I said, I thought they were very negative. But I think in terms of leadership and what they've got in the dressing room, you know, I, I, that's why I see them coming back so strongly is they've got the right people and the right characters. They won't back off now. Um, and I think there'll be very positive moods. Um, certainly going to hurt them and it's going to sting for an hour or two. But I think when they wake up tomorrow morning, uh, I think they'll be back to business and thinking how they can to, to, to just get that a little bit better than what they did. But a great test match. OK, fantastic. Um, we'll look at the series markets in a bit. Correct score, tournament bats, uh, top tournament bats and bowlers. We may even ask Richard and, and Paul if they had one bet at this stage, what would it be? But I want to pick your brains again, Ian, though, first on, on some of these batters. Have you spotted anybody in that top order who might be struggling technically or struggling with the role that's been required of them? Um, last week, we talked about Warner's back leg trigger movements. Um, what have you seen as a, as a batting coach from this test? Yeah, I mean, the one surprise for me actually probably was Labuschagne. I thought the way Broad dragged him and certainly how he played in the channel uh, rather than leaving the ball. And that's one thing, certainly Steve Smith, when he's had success over here, he obviously does go across his stumps. But his patience, he has outside off stump. Um, and I thought England exploited that. And it's a surprise because both have been playing county cricket. So you thought in terms of conditions, they would have been more suited. So I was, I was a little bit surprised there in England, did find something, looked like Broad went a little bit wider on the crease. Um, and he's brilliant with rolling his fingers over with the leg cutter. But it, it, that was some an area that I think England would be really pleased with. I think you know, to think that uh, I think Laverson and, and Smith didn't get, I think it was 100 runs or, or so between them, not even that. So to, to get both of them out that cheaply was amazing. So there was a few things they found, whether that's a little bit of rhythm, more than technical adjustments or technical problems, but really pleasing for England to get those two. I think the way they did technically and, and the dismissals, they'll be so pleased with those. OK, and how are you feeling about Ollie Pope at number three for England? Yeah, still you know, a big fan of Ollie in terms of him. Am, am I still sold at number three at this level in the Ashes? I'm not sure yet. Um, good player. Obviously, we saw obviously spent time in the middle against Ireland, but that's a totally different kettle of fish. Um, still waiting on that one. I thought we saw, we saw with Joe Root again, uh, how good and his class at four. Uh, and I think really first innings, you know, that wicket, I think England had all the conditions in there right where that was the time really, you know, that Ollie had to go on and probably get 100 himself really to really nail it down and, and have the confidence again when you leave as a batsman now. And I think he got a score of 30 and then maybe single figures. Um, he'll be a little bit more, there'll be a dent in that. And I would have thought Australia will still look at that. Again, you've still got Crawley and on Ollie Pope in particular, their, their actual career numbers aren't amazing. Good players, but aren't amazing. So there would have been a dent in that. And that's what Australia will keep learning on is, is keep denting the confidence of that batting lineup, knowing that really Joe Root's the only one with, you know, credentials or you know the stats that back up these world class. Well, what, see, sorry, go on. no, yeah, from just jumping. Sorry, uh, Ben Duckett, this this reticence to leaving the ball really outside off stump, and he's obviously got away with it in Pakistan, but those were flat pitches. Ireland wasn't much yeah. of a test. This is the stellar bowling attack. Hazelwood Cummins probably had started yeah. for that next week. Would that concern you? I mean, the percentages had something crazy. How how few balls he leaves outside off stump? It, it would, and probably would concern me more when the pace is up in the pitch. So if Lords has got a little bit more carry, a little bit more pace, I think the one thing he's got to make sure Duckett is either he's going to leave the ball or absolutely commit to hitting it for four. I think what he did in this innings, he was neither. He was neither. It was just in the middle, and and that's the worst thing you can do. You know, he's either got to really commit to that cut shot and try and give it the kitchen sink or commit to a leave. But, you know, I, I think there were some stats weren't there in, into the island. I think he'd left some like eight balls in his since he's come back into test match cricket, which, again, against poor teams, you can get away with against quality bowling like someone like Cummins and 
and, and Boland, who are going to test that technique around top of off stump. Yeah, you've got to be really good with one committing to your leaves, and it's okay. You still positively leave. You know, pass ball. You still got to be able to do that, and good players will do that. But then it's committing to your cut shot uh, and give it everything. So if you do nick that ball, it, the chance is going to fly over slip. Or, you know, you'll get away with it rather than if you're a little bit tentative in that channel, which I think he was in this series, in this test match, that's going to get him in trouble. So I would say that is something he's going to have to look at in a, in a, in a big way. OK, fantastic. Um, Hawkins, coming to you, what have you seen um, on top innings run scorers? Uh, just a little bit disappointed. Uh, missed out on Kawaja. Identified him as a win rate value and have done for so, so long. We're just trying to be too cute. Um, thinking that lack of foot movement early on in his innings might mean he wasn't valued, but the pitch was so subcontinental, wasn't it? It was just rolled back back the months to Pakistan. It's now uh, nine wins and eight, 18 for him. You can be back him at 130 with Betfair Sportsbook and uh, probably just got to go with that win rate because um, we can get bogged down in technique and what have you. Uh, and just one on route, uh, did win first innings, but it's got a vastly superior win rate in second innings, six returns. In 13, that is one to revisit. Okay. Uh, Paul Krishnamurti, another draw lay comes in. Uh, you and Hawkins talking about it all week on betting.betfair in play articles. Um, check those out, guys. Obviously, um, even Hawkins knew what you were talking about. Um, have you seen anything to change your mind going forward? No, it's the odds are just wrong. I mean, look at the statistics. The, the odds going in, when we did the show last week, the draw was 6.0 chance. It actually went off nearer to 4.0. So at the lower end, that's a 17% chance. There is no way that 17% of test matches in England with at least four days good weather um, produce a draw. It just doesn't happen anymore. And the market overreacts in running it. It overreacted all the way through the World Test Final to a shocking extent, really. that um, I never thought the numbers ended up for a draw there. And okay, it did actually nearly land this time. It wasn't out of question. I mean, it came right back in there to about 6.0 in the chase. But um, still, the draw was never favoured this match. And yet, you know, you can do it every time. And I see the betting for Lords is the same. It's a 6.0 chance at Lords. The last few matches there haven't even been close. Okay. Ian, um, as Paul says, the draw's virtually obsolete now. Um, England are playing. ODI style almost in test, which is great for, for many of us to watching on. But is there a small part of you, we've talked about Oli Pope a bit, but is there is there a small part of you that wants to see someone in that position able to and free to grind it out for a strike rate of 27 for 100? I mean, how does it feel watching uh, watching the, the, the onus on these guys for attack at this point? Would we like to see, I mean, again, I look back on my career, having two good openers who can get through the new ball and, and leave the ball is only good. You can have the most attacking middle order you want, which is ideal. But if they're getting exposed to the new ball, that does does cause certain issues. So there's part of that, but it's not going to happen. There's no way under this regime now, you know, with Ben and, and Brendan, they're not looking for that. I mean, we saw Dom Sibley back to me for Surrey for literally forever. And on that amazing run chase recently, that's not getting back into the England team, unfortunately, with this style. They're just, they're, they're very much, that is what we're looking for. You know, I don't see them making many changes, even if, even if Crawley and, and Pope, fail in these first three. I don't see them making any changes, to be honest with you. I think they are happy with what they've got. They know the style, the characters they've got. Um, and that's the way they're going. As you said, with the draw, they're, they're just looking to win games now. And But they, we're going to have to accept, certainly from a fan's point of view, they're going to lose games along the way as well. Oh my God, the distant memories of Dom Sibley blocking out for draws. <laughs> Whether that's a good thing or not, I'm not sure. 
but <laughs> um, lovely stuff. Right. I feel I need a breather. Um, this has been very frenetic, as frenetic as the cricket. Ian Bell is Betfair's new, brand new ambassador for the 2023 Ashes. He'll be joining us on every week on Cricket Only Better. And you can read his exclusive thoughts on this content contest on betting.betfair. Go there now and please check it out. Um, Ian, putting you on the spot once more, which we seem to like doing quite a lot. Um, what will the series score be? I still think it's going to be three two to England. I do think I see that. I don't see there being any draw unless weather really comes into it, you know. And I think England will will definitely find ways of getting in. They'll sit there tonight. I think probably ruin. They haven't won this Test match again. I still think you see Australia winning another one, but I, I think England have got enough in the tank. Certainly when they unleash Wood as well into this series, I think they're, they're definitely going to win three of the games. Okay, fantastic, Richard Mann. You were on two two. Uh, Edward Hawkins, Paul Krishnamurti, also on 3-2. Um, Richard, have you changed your mind? Light's going to be 3-2 or 2-2, isn't it? I, I, to be honest, you can actually still back both. You can back 3-2 Australia and 2-2, um, both around 6-1. I still think that would be a fair way to go. I, I think England are up against it a little bit now. But I've seen enough from Australia, given that they're, well, the two best players didn't really score in this test to suggest that when they fire, they can bat really long, like two days. Stokes is going to keep asking for flat pitches. I think we know that. So I wouldn't be ruling out the draw. I wouldn't be backing it. But if you wanted to back 2-2 to correct score, I think we could still get a draw somewhere here because I think at some point, particularly if you go to the Oval and it's 2-2 two, 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 two Australia, um, I think Australia at 2-2, two, two, I don't think they'd risk anything. They'd retain the Ashes. They'd be going to the Oval as world test champions I, I just don't think they'd roll the dice I was surprised Cummins was as aggressive as he was today um, but I don't think he's that big a gambler so I definitely won't rule out a drone series Okay can I throw I'm just going to throw something from left field here okay England Ben Stokes his knee is clearly in major problems next test bowls himself into the ground or you know the situation causes himself another injury England lose that Stokes is injured what happens to England without Ben Stokes? I would be lumping on 4-1 to Australia at this point. As a sort of... I agree that's the value. I agree that's the value. Um, I think... I mean, that's a, obviously a nightmare scenario that may or may not come to pass. But just where we are, they're 1-0 up. They've got a fantastic record at Lords. Lords definitely looks like a result pitch. So we have to think, what will the odds be like after the second test? And I would have thought that the two, the, the two ones to be on a three-two of Australia and four-one Australia, because um, either way, you're going to still have a bet running after the second test, as a result. And Australia do look in on top, I think, marginally at least. Okay, okay. Um, two-two is seven point four on the exchange. Three-two England, seven point eight. Three-two Australia, seven point four um, on the Betfair exchange. Um, uh, Hawkins, anything you want to add on the value that represented by those? Uh, no, three-two England, Australia still value for me. Uh, but Richard Mann does make a good point about Australia being negative, and um, I was particularly ruining not having two-two actually when they were mucking about in the first innings in this Edge Paston Test. Um, but 3-2, either team is absolutely fine. We've lost a chunk of the game to rain at Edgebaston, and we've still got a result with plenty of uh, room to spare. So I just don't see how there's going to be any any draws here, really. Um, England are going to stick, keep sticking it to Australia. So 
three two either side is is terrific stuff. Okay, I'm now going to come back to Ian and ask him to make us all feel better about the next few months by slagging off the best two batsmen in the world. Uh, Steve Smith, Marnus Labuschagne, what were England worried about? Well, we'll see as the series, the series goes on, won't we? As you said, it's, it's rare, isn't it, that both of them fail. I mean, their records are, are quite incredible. They actually spend enough time, certainly Marnus in particular, at Glamorgan, spend a lot of time in these conditions. So I'd, I would have expected him actually to be leading from the front, actually, with the amount of cricket he's played. For Glamorgan, so used to it. But um, yeah, England certainly found something. It looked, he, he looked nervous, actually. I thought Marnus in particular, his movements just looked, as I said, he played in the channel with balls that generally I thought, you know, watching him in the Ashes in, in Australia in particular, I remember at Brisbane, how well he was decisive. We talked about Duckett playing in the channel and I thought we saw a nervous guy there. So that, that might be something that England can look at. Um, but again, it will be important at Lords that they start well and, and they're on the money, not getting into a, you know, the worst thing we can do is give an easy start to Smith and Labuschagne and get them to 30s and 40s. And then that is a worry. As I said, there are two guys who can bat big, bat long. Uh, and that would be frustrating for England, um, which, again, I think with England's bowling attack, that's where we've got to look now. I think it's sort of, I could understand it, Edge Baston, but that variety, if we don't have a fully fit Stokes, we need somebody like Wood that can change it up, change it dynamic. And the short ball stuff did work for a little bit with England here, but it didn't look right with Ollie Robinson running at 78 miles an hour, trying to bowl bouncers. But with Mark Wood, that does give us something different to challenge if if both those guys get in and uh, get a start at Lords. Ian, yeah. just quickly, Marnus Labuschagne clearly an issue leaving the ball. They, I mean, just particularly the one in the first innings. I mean, he, he shouldn't have been playing playing at that. Mm. The Lords slope. We got Lords next. The slope for batsmen that can be a real challenge if you're not comfortable with where your off stump is. And, and Labuschagne didn't really look that comfortable. Would that be a concern for you for him as well at large? Will it be something he'll be thinking about? Because it can be a tricky place to leave, can't it? It can be. I think Lords for me, you know, I think again, Australia have got a great record at Lords, haven't they? And it, it feels like I mean Edge Baston is a bit more of our, you know, the bit more aggressive, the 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 crowd get involved and it's it's quite, I suppose, intimidating for the opposition teams. Lords is neutral. And again, I think when touring teams get to Lords, they love it, isn't it? It's it's the best place to play in cricket. And generally, people will have desperate, certainly batters, to get their names on the honours board. So I think it has an incentive as a batsman to really turn up that week, which is, is a concern. But you're right, the slope as a batsman can either have a really, if some a bowler gets it wrong, you can score very quickly. But if somebody who knows what they're doing, which Jimmy Anderson does, but then we're looking at who's going to miss out if Wood comes in. Obviously, you've got Anderson that wasn't at his best in this test match. Um, Broad was. And, and Robinson seemed to be taking the new ball ahead of Jimmy. So it'd be interesting to see what they do there. But yeah, if anyone can. You know, ball from that pavilion in particular. If you're struggling leaving the ball, that is hard work. And I know facing Glenn McGrath, who was a master at it from from Australia's point of view, you do end up playing a ball that you should leave. So that is a challenge. But England will have to get the right combination to to keep putting him into challenge. But early in the, his first twenty balls is going to be the most important thing. Okay, um, Hawkins, you've got something to say about Steve Smith, I gather. Yeah, well, it's one win in 21 first innings for top Australia bat now, which is uh, just not great for someone going off 9-4, 11-4 with Betfair Sportsbook. Uh, and uh, watching him, I had my head in my hands in the first innings when he was playing patty cake with Harry Brook. Um, when I was on his first, first innings, 50 at 6-5, and uh, much um, swearing was done on television. Uh, when he was out, I just wonder whether we have to keep face with him a bit. Maybe Richard will put me right. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, yeah, disappointed. I, 
a lot. I think you've just got to look at his overall record, though, haven't you? In this country, um, but he was one poor test. Um, I didn't think it looked great technically. Actually, his dismissal in the second innings. Um, Broad's clearly got them worried about this outswing, and it's actually an inswinger that he nicked behind, which is, as Ian will tell you, is quite unusual, really. But I think they're worried about the ball that Stewart's managing to get to shape away. Um, but Lucky's record, he's just so good in this country. He's just come off 100 in the world final, hasn't he? So I definitely wouldn't be turning my back on him yet. Okay. Um, Richard Mann, any series player pick for you um, on the Betfred Sportsbook or, or on the exchange? Travis Head, um, big at fours for a small change on the theme, potentially? No, not for me. I think when Wood comes in, as Ian's just called, I think Head's in big trouble. He's really struggling with the short ball. Robinson Broad caused him issues. Well, Mark Wood, he'd probably put another 15 mile an hour on that, and, I, and I'm not joking. I think Head's got some issues there against Pace. Early in his inning, shot, so I'll stay away from him. I think this is a time to make your move on Pat Cummins for top overall series bowler. I think we knew he was going to be behind to um, Nathan Lyon after Edge Baston. It's a great place for Lyon to bowl. In 2019, he took the most wickets. Cummins trailed him um, six in the final innings, I think, in 2019. But Cummins then came good. And I think as the grounds come up, the good grounds for Cummins really lords. They'd be well suited to Oval's played really quickly this year. I think Cummings will get through all five as well. The man's a machine. He, he's looked better in the, the second innings here than he did in the first. He looked better in the first than he did in the world final. So I think Cummings now, I think he'll he'll finish really strongly and I, I still think he'll finish his overall series wicket taker. Some uh, agreeing nods for me in there. He's probably watching something on YouTube in the background. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Paul, what about you? I wouldn't be interested in taking on the favourites, really, at the moment. I mean, yeah, I can see Rich's logic with Cummings, definitely. Although Lyon's going to get a lot of wickets in the series. I think Ollie Robinson topping the bowler looks rock solid after that start, getting an advantage on Anderson. He's about to play all five games. And I would have thought Kawaja, really, he's got a hell of a head start over the rest now. And it's a big advantage being an opener because you're probably going to get an extra inning somewhere. Okay, I'm going to have to to give us a little bit of a hurry on, fellas, as we move on to the second test, uh, which starts Wednesday the 28th from Lords, as mentioned. Bet for exchange prices still to mature, but Australia are likely to be around 2.3 as favourites. Ian Bell, please pick your second test team. Does Mark Wood play? Who do you rest? Uh, Do you say play the same way? What is happening? Yeah, I mean, I suppose the concern at the moment is Moan Ali going to be fit as well if he's got this split finger. What that looks like does. Do they stack the batting? Does Will Jacks come in and, and, and you know, they play more batting and, and go in with Wood as well? There's no amazing replacement if Moen doesn't play. And I thought that actually was a positive because he's good at bowling at left-handers and had head in a little bit of trouble. So what they do there, that'll be interesting. And then they've got to make a decision. As I said, if I looked off what I saw in this first test match, I probably, you potentially could rest Jimmy, uh, bring Wood in because Broad and Robinson looked ahead of him at the moment, but it'd be a big call to leave out our best bowler of all time out of a, a probably a must-win test match. Um, so they've got the headache there. It's a good headache to have, but they're going to have to find wood in there and what they do with the spin. The batting won't change. Um, so that, yeah, that'll be the interesting one, whether Moen pulls up and, and how you get wood in. Yeah, especially as Jimmy's said that he wants overs as well. So it would be, yeah, complicated one that. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, please price up this game for us. Well, the, on the exchange, it's already priced up. It's almost identical to the last test about 2.3 Australia 2.6 England 6 the draw I'd make Australia very slightly short favourites given their superior record at Lords and how England struggled against good pace bowling there in against big teams of late uh, and the draw's too short 
I just say Australia probably, you know, they, they got the worst of that test. They got the worst of the conditions in that test. That's come back from behind on every single day. And I think they probably should be slightly stronger favourites. Okay. Um, Hawkins, please tell me one thing that you think is going to happen. Um, that you ignore Australia's record at HQ. Uh, they've lost twice there since 38 England. They're going to come very, very hard. Okay. Um, Richard Mann, something from you. Tell me anything. This is all about conditions for me. I think, Lords, what we've seen in the last few years is they've left plenty of grass on for the first day in an attempt to, to, to get it to last. And we've seen, I mean, the Ireland test, Ireland got three, six, two for nine in the second innings, but it did plenty on that first morning. Stokes actually put them in, didn't he? So I think whoever has to bat first, if we potentially get, it's all about overheads for me at Lords, particularly on the first morning. And if England ball first and Anderson's there, they could roll Australia out and it could work the same the other way. So I won't be making a call at this at this moment on that. Just quickly on the team news, another thing to bear in mind, I think Jimmy will play at Lords because I think you definitely want Robinson fresh and ready for Old Trafford and the Oval. Two quick bouncy pitches. I think he'll be really effective there. And dare I say it, you could maybe leave Jimmy out at the Oval. He's not got a fantastic record there. It generally suits a bigger, taller, faster bowlers. But I think at Lords, you have to go with him in a must-win match. So I wonder if Robinson might miss out for Mark Wood and the saving for the end of the series. But they're behind the eight ball now, and it's the same with the spin thing. They could pack the batting, but they're going to need to take 20 wickets to win the thing, out there. So they could, could Admiral Rashid be coaxed out for one more game if Mo doesn't make it? It'd be an attack, attacking option. I don't know where we stand on that, but England needs to take 20 wickets because they need to win the match. Okay. Um, right. Thanks, Richard. That made a lot of sense. Um, finally, it's the if you had to have a bet on time. I don't know what, what, quite what that if you had, I think it's if you had to have one bet now, and you don't have to have one bet now. Um, but in the, in the spirit of putting Richard and Paul under considerable pressure and um, letting Ian get off scot-free because it's his first day, um, Richard and Paul, go ahead. You go first, Paul. I will stick with 3-2 Australia at the current odds to 7.8. And I would put Cummins up top of our series, but I just want to mention something. Very quickly, Nathan Lyon got three stumpings in this match. He even got Joe Root out stumped. That's the first time in his test career. England are making a real effort to get down the track and whack him over his head. But he's got, I mean, Ian, I'll tell, tell you better than me, brilliant flight bowler. And stumping, next method dismissal, he's going off a wild price. We're talking like 66s, 33s. Now, admittedly, you've only got one end to, to bowl at here because really, Kerry's going to be back to the seamers. You only need one or two of those to cop for the series and, and you've paid for the bet. Three in the last match alone. Bearstone, Moeen, Root, they're all going to keep running at Lyon and I think the wily old fox will get a few more stumping dismissals yet. Okay. Love it. Love it. And thank you, Paul Krishnamurti. Thank you, Ian Bell. Thank you, Hawkins. Um, this has been Cricket Only Better, episode 199, the ultimate Ashes betting hub. Ian Bell is back next week to preview the second test from Lords. Check out betting.betfair for all his Ashes content. In the meantime, uh, thank you very much and see you then. Stokes is injured. What happens to England without Ben Stokes? I would be lumping on 4-1 to Australia at this point. As a sort of... I agree that's the value. I agree that's the value. Um, I think... I mean, that's a, obviously a nightmare scenario that may or may not come to pass. But just 